Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. So close for the Raiders. And Papali would be inappropriate. And the score! He's done it! He's done it! Brought to you by OAC Digital. Come join us as we go behind the limelight. Hello and welcome to Behind the Limelight, the Raiders' official podcast. Thanks to OAC Digital, Round 15 sees the Raiders return home to GIO Stadium for what will be a very special game at the home ground to celebrate Jared Croker's 300th game. It's arrived, it's here. We all can't wait for Friday night at 6pm. Joining me on the podcast this week is Rosie Harrison. Hey, Ben. And a guy that's celebrating a milestone of his own this week as well. And it's uh, 40 years as Victor the Viking and it's the man behind the moustache uh, please uh, welcome him to the podcast, Rosie. It's uh, Tony Wood. Hello, Tony. G'day, you too. How are you going? Thank you very much for having me. No, it's great a, to have you it's here. An honor. Great to have you here, mate. As we mentioned, it's a, it's a special occasion for Jared, but also uh, a milestone week for you too, and we'll touch on that a little bit later in the podcast. But first of all, let's check in on all the Raiders news and go around the horn. Well, we've got to start with the big talking point this week, Rosie, the Croker 300 game at GIA Stadium. I mean, the build-up's been sensational. We had the, the press conference on Monday. We've had numerous uh, interviews for Jared through the week. We saw him on Fox League's face-to-face program. It's just been a special build-up, and um, I think that everybody would agree now that despite you know the result obviously going our way last weekend, the decision to have him play it at home um, has been the right one. Oh, for sure. I think it's so special for Raiders members and fans to see him actually play this 300 game in person and at Giro Stadium where he's played his whole career. And it's going to be a really special um, day out at, the, out at the stadium um, with all the fans and members. Um, there's going to be, you know, merchandise for sale at the game. We've got T-shirts and can coolers and fan banners and everything. So, um, yeah, we're encouraging everyone to get to the game. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be doing a, a minute round of applause at the third minute mark. Obviously, Jared wearing number three in game number three. 300 so we'll be you know telling everybody about that at the game on Friday night as well and encouraging everybody to do that and one man that will no doubt help us get the crowd going as he always does is you I want to call you Victor or Tony today I'm not sure I'm (laughs) conflicted we'll call you we might flip between both but um, I mean for you that's you know been at you know pretty much every Raiders home game since 1983 what is it like for you to see a guy like Jared reach this milestone? Mate, yeah, I've, I've, over the forty years, I've seen a lot of milestones being reached by a lot of the by a lot of the players, and I must congratulate the club because what they do at this club is they celebrate the people behind the scenes, the players, very well. They they recognise people that probably don't need to be recognised. Um, yeah, it's just it's something the club should be congratulated for. Um, so this is probably one of the biggest milestones that I've had because the bloke that's celebrating the 300 games is one that's got his heart and soul in the club. Yeah, absolutely. You can't question Jared's loyalty, no. his passion for the jersey, um, his commitment to the club over the years. And as Don said on Monday, um, you know, nobody is more deserving of this accolade than Jared. So to reach 300 games is a, a fantastic achievement. And ironically, the only other... Raider to do it for 300 games was Jason Croker Rosie, and um, no doubt he'll play a part in this um, across the weekend. We won't give too much away at the moment, but um, great to see you know um, a namesake, but two Raiders now reaching 300. Yeah, it's definitely a weird one. Both Crokers, but no, <laughs> no, not father and son or anything. But um, yeah, it's special that he can be a part of um, 
the celebrations this week and yeah it's just so special for Jared and looking forward to this weekend. Yeah it's great to see that um, all the work that's gone into the week leading into it we've got a special luncheon happening for Jared on Thursday um, you know his wife Brittany and his kids Rory and Tate have been there every moment this week just soaking up the atmosphere and enjoying it and that's what it's all about you know we're a proud family club and a and a proud club that, you know, looks after their own. So, yeah, definitely can't wait. And we'll touch more on the game a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, back to Raiders news, though, in terms of injuries. Um, unfortunate for Harley Smith-Shields. He picked up uh, a broken finger. It was quite a nasty one, actually. It was um, still, you know, popping in and out, and it ended up being fractured um, after the game. So he'll miss six to eight weeks, Rosie, which is um, disappointing for Harley, who got a chance to come back into first grade last week. Yeah, I got that opportunity after I was announced that Croker was going to be rested, opportunity to come back into the starting team and I thought he played really well but yeah, unfortunately he got injured in that match and is now out for six to eight weeks but he'll come back fitter and stronger. Absolutely. Hohepapuru also missing one to two weeks with a minor rib complaint but really good to see Elijah Anderson back on the field uh, this weekend and he'll have an opportunity to make a return after what's been a pretty... Um, disjointed season for him. Yeah, as you said, he's um, had a fair few injuries already this season. Um, so, yeah, great to see that he's back in the Cup squad this week. And, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing him out there. Yep. Now, one moment that's rapidly approaching and um, it's hard to believe that we're only a few short weeks away as the NRLW competition is starting. And uh, a few years ago, Tony, you'll remember we introduced the Valkyrie program mm. and, of course, we um, we shipped her in. She, we found her um, somewhere overseas and got her in by boat and brought Velda into the Raiders fraternity and um, now to see a women's team I mean this must be a pretty special moment for you too to see you know a Raiders NRLW team. I, I love the fact that Velda is a part of it um, it gives the fans the opportunity to have that interaction with the the lady side as well um, yeah the girl who plays Velda Emily is an, an amazing woman apparently she, uh, she's a dancer and that's one thing I stipulated that she's not allowed to come near me because I don't dance. <laughs> Once she starts doing the dances, I'll, she's got to go up the other end of the field. But, yeah, have, having the women's side of it and to see how the club have generated that women's side is going to be a very exciting time for the club. Yeah, we had Shakaya Tangiai on the um, podcast last week and she talked to us about pre-season commencing and the group getting together, Rosie, which was fantastic. But um, Friday night will also be an occasion at halftime. We'll actually be introducing the team to the fans as well and, and you know, it looks like we're going to have 20,000 people there so um, I mean a great way to showcase the team and, and start people getting to know the players' faces and names and, and who they're going to be um, over the course of the season. Yeah definitely it's a perfect spot uh, for opportunity to introduce the team to the fans and members and yeah as you said to put faces to the names and it's just really exciting to see all the girls in green and in their kit and um, just um, starting pre-season so yeah it's really exciting. Yeah no doubt going to be a huge occasion out there on Friday night. Tickets still available and don't forget we are encouraging everybody make sure you get there nice and early I know everybody will be finishing work and school and all that type of stuff. Um, mid to late afternoon on a Friday but if you can squeeze yourself away a little bit early um, it would be worth your while because obviously getting into the stadium will be difficult if you try and leave it too close to six o'clock so see you all out there on Friday night. Raiders versus Tigers at Campbelltown on Friday night last week and 
Um, what an absolute roller coaster this one was. Um, the final score 20 points to the Raiders, 19 to the Tigers. Uh, at one stage, though, Rosie, it was 18 0 to the Raiders, and uh, we scored a couple of good tries in the first half. And defensively, we were so strong in that first half as well. Yeah, the first half was outstanding, jumping out to an 18 0 lead. We had all the momentum, um, tries to Rapana and Jamal Fogarty. Um, yeah, we were riding high, and then it just the second half came, and it just kind of <laughs> switched in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jordan Rapana scoring was 100th NRL try. Tony, you've seen plenty of uh, great rapper moments. Um, he's another fan favourite and a player that uh, knows how to score a try. Yeah, probably one of the most memorable moments for rapper from my side is that when I celebrated 600 games, it was we were behind on the scoreboard and then we come back and it was 18, nil, 18 all. At full time, we went into extra point and that kick went up from... The Blake Austin attempted field goal, that uh, one, yeah. against Newcastle? And then, yeah, yeah right. and then Rupper grabbed the ball and scored the try on my 600. So that was, it was like having given a cake taken away, but then <laughs> having the cake again. That's right, yeah. Let's hope that it's not the same sort of roller coaster on Friday right. night because Raiders fans are slowly, you know, becoming a little bit paranoid with um, big leads because, um, you know, we have the tendency at the moment to give them away, but... You know, hopefully we can rectify that this weekend. Jamal Fogarty, though, as you mentioned, Rosie, he was outstanding. Kicked two tries, his kicking game. Both of those tries, you know, he kicked that ball at the posts, which can, you know, lead to something. And he able to score. He was able to score two tries, and and most importantly, you know, slot his conversions and that penalty goal at the end. Yeah, definitely. It was an unusual one seeing two tries scored like that by the same person, um, but. As you said, his kicking game was outstanding. His long distance kicking and um, getting that field goal um, at the end as well. So, um, yeah, it was excellent. I think the ability for the team to remain composed when they went behind on the scoreboard, I mean, that must mentally have been really hard for them. And, you know, 18 nil up, then find yourself four minutes to go down 19 18. A lot of teams would sort of drop their bundle there, but. They, you know, they managed to get the ball back from the short kickoff. They worked their way downfield. And although Jamal didn't kick the field goal to level it, he did enough to draw the penalty and then we were able to win the game. So uh, I know Ricky was quite happy with that in the sheds afterwards, Rosie. But I mean, mentally, it would have been a tough one to back up if we'd lost that game. Yeah, exactly. In the second half also, we had very limited possession. The Targets had all the ball and kept scoring. So you had to come out of that um, and to be mentally, yeah, as you said, mentally strong enough to get down the other end, um, yeah, it was really pleasing. Yep. It, it, it really gives testament to the the leadership within the club too because the, the ability to come back and not give up is the signs of a good coach and a good good leadership within the group. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those games, you look back at games like this and wins like this at the back end of a season where um, it, might may, it might be the difference between making a top four. It might be the difference between making a top eight. And um, those games and those moments in those games um, are crucial. So to get away with the win, uh, Rosie, was something that I'm sure uh, the team will just be happy to bank those two points and move on. Yeah, and we saw at the start of the season too, we had those two games up in Queensland that were really tight and we ended up losing those. So to be able to yeah. get, come back that, that later on in the season and to win those games um, is really pleasing. And yeah, we now get um, the chance to play, yeah, like, get our second win in a row um, right before the bye week next week. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, no doubt, um, I'm sure Jared appreciates not having to play 300 at Campbelltown as well, because it would have been quite a different reception for him up there uh, against the Tigers. But a win to the Raiders, and we move on to next week's game. Our special guest for the podcast this week is Raiders. I'm going to call him legend, because he is. He's uh, been involved with the club for 40 years, 
Um, you know him as Victor the Viking. We know him as Tony Wood. And Tony, um, wonderful to celebrate this milestone in a week of milestones. And I must mention too that we um, glossed over there that Matt Timokor also played his 50th Raiders game for the club last weekend. And for a young guy, Rosie, that was a great achievement as well. Oh, definitely. He's been playing outstanding. He's one of our best at the moment, I think. And so very happy to see him bring up that milestone. That's right. Now, this uh, was brought to our attention a couple of weeks ago. We were sent through a little clipping here it looks as though from a, a Raiders annual report or something like that. And the de- it says here, 8th of June, mascot appears. Canberra's Viking mascot makes its first appearance. Canberra Standard publishes a special feature on the Raiders. Canberra eliminated from the KB Cup when East won 32-16 with a strong last quarter. So, Woodsy, big memory for you to remember this. Do you actually remember this game, the, the, the game, the KB Cup, Victor's first appearance? Yeah, mate, Leichhardt Oval. It was, it was an amazing... It was, it was on a Wednesday night... It was absolutely we, – we never got home from the bus trip until would have been about 3 o'clock in the morning. And, yeah, it was just one of those ones where Canberra in their first two years made one of the, the finals of the, the KB Cup. Yeah, it was just like the old Mark Cup days back, yep. in, back in the day. So it was – to have that KB Cup back in those days wouldn't be seen nowadays because you can only – Play football every five days or whatever. Yeah, that's right. We saw what happened when players players tried to back up from Origin last week. We had yeah. injuries everywhere. So um, let's talk about Victor then. The conception of Victor, you were involved in the, the Raiders Supporters Club. Um, how did you come up with the idea for Victor and was there other people involved and how did it all sort of come about? Yeah, mate, we, um, we were down at... Because uh, I used to run the supporters buses to Sydney and my... We were down there at um, Lidcombe Mobile watching the Western Suburbs Magpie and the Western Suburbs Magpie was the ultimate mascot. Um, back in those days, we were getting flogged <laughs> and you, could, you took your eye off the game and you had, to have, you had to concentrate on something else, whether it be the cheer girls or someone else in the crowd. But the bloke who caught my eye was Mark Worthington who played Mark the Magpie. You, you just watched his every move and you watched... And it kind of made you enjoy the game more. You knew what you were there. You were there to support the players, but you were there to enjoy yourself as well. And every single move that Mark did, whether it was his head movement or his arms flapping or anything like that, it just caught your attention. And I went, Canberra need one of those. So we got, we got back on the bus and we were talking with... Um, the people that come down on the bus and we said, Cameron needs a, a mascot. So they said, okay, we'll, we'll think of something to do. So we thought of the Viking emblem and we said, okay, it's got to be the Viking. So we thought of names and the first name that came up was Rupert, Rupert the Raider. <laughs> Thank God that didn't I was going to say, I'm glad they didn't <laughs> go for that. <laughs> well, yeah, it was... And I, and, I, and I said, well, it's a Viking. Well, what, why don't we call it Victor. So uh, we called it Victor the Viking, and then I went to a handy uh, Bronwyn Huxtable, who was in Queanbeyan. She ran the Corinna Handicap Centre in Corinna Street. She was a big Raider supporter because I've seen her over at Seaford Oval many a time, and she said, "Okay, yeah, I'll help." And so a group of handicap um, workers that they had there, they were big, and they made me one out of paper mache. Um, Went down and took it to Les McIntyre, and Les McIntyre back in those days was the Rupert Murdoch of <laughs> Queanbeyan. <laughs> oh no, Johnny, 
um, Mr. Packer, what's his name? Um, uh, Kerry Packer. Kerry Packer. And I remember walking into John uh, Les's office and it was like a dark field, red, red seat lounge area in the thing and he swung his chair around and I wasn't feeling very well, I thought he was going to shoot me. <laughs> and he, um, I told him what was on offer and he didn't say a word to me and I went, okay, I've done something wrong here. He's going to kick me out the door and then all of a sudden he pressed up one of those phones, you know how the... Oh yeah, the phone on the desk, on? yep. And he pressed number three and he called Kerry in and he said, Kerry, give this bloke two tickets to the um, Raiders game this weekend, you can try it out. There you go, and that was that, and that was the first time that we saw Victor the Viking. Now, the suits themselves, I mean, there's been a huge evolution in the the, the suits over the years. And you mentioned the paper mache. Um, yeah. How many variations of that early one? Because I'm assuming if it, if it was a wet game, the paper mache one would have uh, been, you know, Mate, the not great at the end. <laughs> the paper mache one lasted twelve games. Yep. But every time it rained, I had to go around and put my head on the thing to keep the horn on, or Half his cheek would fall off. Um, yeah, so there's been nine evolutions of Victor. Um, I've all still still got them at home by the paper mache one. Yep. Um, the second one was built by the bloke who did all the statues at the War Memorial. Okay. And that was that's the it's like a bust. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was that was pretty heavy, but yeah. When you put them on, I like the ones that can see your fo- uh, that cover your face. Yep. They have done one when the Super League was was introduced, um, and it was just I had a thing over my yes. nose here, and I couldn't do what I did mm. because when you put the the suit on, it kind of changes you. Yeah, the being that anonymous figure allows you to be someone gives completely you different. Ability, yeah, it gives you to do the things that you you want to do. Do you pull faces under it? Do you oh. <laughs> Knowing that no one can actually see what you're doing. If, but if I, the kids could hear what goes on under that <laughs> thing, I, I go home and I yell at myself. I've got no voice left afterwards. I give myself a headache. Yep. And the face gestures to some of the people that annoy me, like opposition fans, yep. thank God they can't see me. <laughs> I think, like on that note, like with the um, 2019 prelim grand fi- prelim final, um, we had that iconic moment where you tore off the, the Victor's head and yeah, this is the motion. But tell us of, about that moment. Out of out of all the moments that I've had, um, grand finals, semi finals, I can't remember a preliminary final like that one. I can't remember the last ones. I can't remember getting into the '94. I can't remember getting into the the '91. And I can't remember any of them. But that one was just very special to see. It played at a home home ground. And the euphoria that when Papa went over mm. and then when the crowd right at the end, every single person had a smile on their face. Even the South supporters had a, a, a smile on their face, even though they lost. And I had the biggest smile and tears under my under the helmet that I wanted to join in that. And it wasn't a thing of self-exposure. It was a case of I wanted to You're be... You're just in the moment, like yeah, everybody. I, I yeah, I wanted to be and I wanted to, for them to share my excitement. Yeah, well, I think that was a pretty pretty special night. Like, I, it's, look back now, it's a bit of a blur, but that whole event, that whole build-up, that whole night 
was just you know it was one of the best moments in the, in the club's yeah. history. There's no doubt about it. Uh, outside of that, what other what other big moments as Victor stand out for you? Mate, everything they say you to to pick a highlight. Mate, there's no there's no great big highlights. Um, the 1987 grand final where we played Manly on the SCG. I've seen interviews that have come back to haunt me over that. And I had black hair. I had. I, I was thin. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, where they built the Sydney Harbour Bridge on the on the ground as the entertainment. Um, that was pretty special um, to see Wayne Bennett and Don Ferner up there in the in the box with the huge telephones down to the yeah. sideline. <laughs> yep. that was pretty special. But mate, every single I don't really have a highlight because every single game that I do mm. is a highlight. Yeah, it's I, I remember I do remember a good story, and I'll, I'll get you to tell us again because it's one of my favourites. Is when you got kicked out of the ground in Brisbane. <laughs> tell us, tell us that one. Well, my wife hates me telling the story, <laughs> but um, we I run a supporters bus up to Sydney, and we were I was out there on the ground, and where the supporters were up there in the grandstand. I could hear this boo, and I went, nothing's happened out on the field. What, what's going on? And I swung around, and they're pointing at this bloke. It was a great big Queensland copper that come over and tapped me on the shoulder, and he goes, you have to leave the ground. I said, what for? What have I done? And he goes, oh, indecent gestures. <laughs> I went, what did I do? And he goes, oh, you pelvic thrust. That's not, that's not, not allowed here in Queensland. And I went, are you kidding me? I said, I didn't, they're not rude. And he goes, no, I, he said, you have to leave. And I said, oh, you're going to see John McIntyre. And I ran off. And he started to chase me. And I said, oh, no, that wouldn't look good. So I ended up, I said, no, I'm not going. I said, if you want to go and go and see John McIntyre. And I just walked away. And he, he let me back on the field. And then all of a sudden he came and told me, he said, no, you've got to go off. Yeah, kicked off. There would be many mascots John I didn't work. There you go. Not many mascots would have been kicked off before. Uh, on the flip side, though, and this is the, the thing I, I love most about not just Victor, the, the character, but you as a person, is that you do a lot away from the 80 minutes of footy at GIO Stadium every week. I mean, there's countless people that would be able to, to um, testament to this that you've obviously, you know, you, you turn up at people's birthday parties, you go to weddings... Um, you know, you do a lot of charity events. You run in relays with other mascots. I mean, that part of it. Tell us, tell us what drives you to do that. Mate, the community. Um, the Raiders are one of the biggest community clubs that you'll find in the NRL. Um, Canberra is a very tight community, and they're a very rugby league community. Um, it's just like I can get inundated, but I have to really control mm. who uh, and what I do because you. I hate to disappoint. Um, and but I love on the other hand to create that smile. Um, I'll, I'll pick what I what I want to do, and that's by by saying no, I'm not offending, but it's just that my time is I, I can't do everything. I've just started to do. I did a funeral three weeks ago, which was which was really nice. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a smile that this this job creates, um, and. By doing these community events, it's only just working on adding what the, the Raiders staff here and the players do here. Back in 2016, you were um, inducted into the life membership of the, the club. How special was that moment? Mate, one, of the, one of the biggest honours a, a, a person can, can stage because when I started in 1983, 
Um, I wouldn't think for the life of me that I'd be still sitting here in 2023 as, as Victor. And if I decided to retire tomorrow or when I do decide to retire, knowing that I'm going to be a raider for life is one of the, huge. Absolutely. On that note, and before we before we move on to the preview for this weekend's game, just how long can you keep doing this? I mean, it's forty years. Have you got another ten years in you? Have you got retirement plans? What's the what's the future hold for no, Tony no, Wood? I, I said at thirty five years that I'm going to try and make forty. I've made forty. Now my ultimate goal is I want to make fifty years. There you go. Ten more. <laughs> how good's that? Well, even even if I have to, because my my job now is I work for aged care. Yep. I've got plenty of wheelie walkers that I'll be able to use. <laughs> I was going to say, you might have to, we might have to wheel you in for, for the year 50, but um, no, like as I said, it's um, th- thank you first of all for giving your time up to come and speak to us today. It's been wonderful. We'll, we're going to move on to the preview of the game um, shortly, but um, from all of us here at the Raiders, we'd absolutely love having you at the club. You're a living treasure, <laughs> and um, we look forward to you know you enjoying the night on Friday night and being there also for Jared as well. So thanks for coming in. Yeah, man, I, I just want to thank the club as a whole for all the all the accolades that they've given me and to make me feel a part of the club. And, yeah, it's, it's just very heartwarming. It's, it's, it's a lovely club. Um, I remember this bloke here, Ben, interviewing me in my lounge room. Mm. Going back yeah, a long in, time in now. Queenie. Yep. And now he's still interviewing me. He's here, so <laughs> it's, it's like the likes of Donny Ferner, Ben, yeah, there's people ben Jason Matthews. Yep. They're, they've all been around the club probably just as long as I have. Mm. I've been, yeah, it's been – there's a lot of us that have been here for, you know, a long time now. So yeah. it's um, – it is like the club is something that's very special and something that we all want to be see, a part of. We see each other's work and have a look at the work Ben's done, have a look at the work that Jason's done, mm. and it's all yep. – it's all acknowledged. All good times and all for yeah. the same cause, the green machine. Moving on to the big one now, Raiders v Warriors, Friday night, GIO Stadium. Once again, people, tickets are still available. Make sure you get there early. We're going to keep driving that message home uh, all the time as we lead into this game. Rosie, um, let's look at the team sheet for the Raiders straight up. And, geez, it's a strong side. Um, I've got, obviously, Jared back in after his week off, but um, good news in Sebastian Chris and Elliot Whitehead both also look like they're going to return from injury and really strengthen that team um, which only a couple of weeks ago was down on troops. Yeah, such a strong team and um, so grateful for Seb and Elliot to be back in the team. Seb's been playing amazing at fullback. He's done an outstanding job and Elliot with his leadership and he'll be he'll be outstanding as well. So, yeah, looking forward to getting those two back this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Causes a reshuffle. We see Corey Horsburgh moving back to his preferred position at lock where he's played that ball-playing role so well so far this season. Basami Solo's been doing a great job coming off the bench, so he'll move back to the bench. Joe Tarpening will start the game as well. Uh, and Nick Kotrick will stay on the bench, which um, proved handy against South a couple of weeks ago when we had... Um, some injuries in the outside backs and we had to bring him on and um, he gives us that versatility and some cover as well. Exactly. You never know what's going to happen in a game and never know who's going to get injured. So it's very handy to have someone of Nick Kotrick's calibre on the bench. Tony, there's no doubt that home games and home atmosphere plays a huge part. Uh, We're talking 20,000 plus people at the game on Friday night. How much do, do you play a part in trying to get that crowd going. We know that Cam does a good job on the mic, you know, revving the crowd up, but I also watch you during the game and you're moving your way around between bays and just trying to get things going as well. How much do you love getting that crowd going? 
But I, I love it. it, it this Canberra crowd don't need much revving up. They kind of do what what they do just naturally. Um, they play a big part in because I know the players out there can hear what what goes on. Um, they can hear yelling, they can hear screaming, they can hear the clapping. Um, but it's really the crowd that are acting on the players what they they're doing. So yeah, atmosphere is a big part of this. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing better than once you get to about fifteen, fourteen, fifteen thousand at GIO Stadium, the atmosphere really comes into play. And once you hit that eighteen to twenty, it, it's just electric. And we've talked about those big games, those prelims, those finals. I mean, they're all games where the place has just been shaking. So I honestly can't wait for it. The Warriors, though, no pushovers. They're in good form, Rosie. They had a big win over the Dolphins last weekend, and no doubt they'll be here to spoil the party. They've got guys like Sean Johnson in their team who always seems to play well when he comes up against us. Yeah, they've got so many dangerous players. Sean Johnson um, and Dallin Wittenis Lesniak both scored doubles last week against the Dolphins, and Sean Johnson's just, yeah, consistently <laughs> dangerous. Um, and then we've also got, like, Charles Nicol Klukstar back in um, playing Jack Giago for the Warriors this weekend, so it'll be yeah, a different one too. That'll be different. It'll be a different feeling when I mean, we had Josh Hodgson return a few weeks ago but in terms of fan favorites um, Tony Chance was one and um, obviously you know left the club on good terms and um, a very had a very special part of his career playing in the green jersey so it'll be a bit strange for him too yeah but I, I think um, Chance is going to be level-headed about it he's not he's going to do his job that he's going out there to do we've we've shut down Sean Johnson before and this will be another time that we've shut him down um, the Warriors have got a, like a big forward pack, but have a look at Red the way that he's been playing. Yep. He's he, he's going to be magical. I reckon he's going to sh- shine out again. Um, yeah, Chance, I feel sorry for him. I I think that he'd love to be a part of the thing, and he, and he'll recognise and he'll he'll be respectful. But we'll be respectful when we say see ya. Yeah, that's right. When we when we get the two points. Um, talking about Corey Horsburgh though, Rosie, um, there's been a couple of injuries to key forwards in the Queensland team and this will be the last match that he has to impress Billy Slater before the team selected for game two. I'm sure that that will probably be in the back of his mind this weekend. I know the Raiders will be his initial focus, but he'd love to wear the Queensland jersey if he got the chance. Oh, for sure. And I think it's just extra motivation for him to play well this weekend, knowing that the Queensland jersey could be on offer. Um, I thought he was pretty unlucky to get it the first time, really. So it's good that he's in the frame again, and hopefully he'll get it. And likewise, Hudson Young too. I mean, um, he only had limited opportunity in Game 1 for the Blues, and no doubt he'll want to keep his spot in that 17 somewhere as well. Yeah, for sure. And he'll be he'll be fired up and ready to play and show Sophie Fitler what he's got for this weekend. Uh, I'm, I'm picking Corey to score two tries. There we go. Well, we're going to get yeah. to that now. Let's have a look at our <laughs> podcast predictions. All right, podcast prediction time. Tony's gone early, but he's going to give us Corey Horsburgh two tries this weekend. So um, I like the sound of that. If Big Red's scoring points, it means we're dominating in the middle third of the field. So... Let's go with that one. Uh, Rosie, I'm going to steal your thunder. I have to go for it. I'm going a Jared Croker try. In game 300, um, it'll be a, an amazing night for him. And um, I know that the players will be doing absolutely everything they can to get him over the line and uh, and get him a try. Uh, and hopefully um, a nice, comfortable win for the Raiders, which would be nice. What have you got for us? Um, like sort of Tony mentioned, the big forward pack of the Warriors, I think Tom Starling's going to come in and cause a bit of havoc in the middle there and go over. There we go, Tom Starling for a try. Uh, that brings us to the end of the podcast this week. As we mentioned, GI Stadium is the place to be Friday night. Get your tickets, get there early, help us support 
One of the biggest nights in club history, Jared Croker's 300th game out there at GI Stadium, Canberra. Rosie, thank you for joining me this week. Thanks, guys. And Tony, a big thank you to you for coming in and giving up your time uh, this week and um, can't wait to see you out there on Friday night doing what you do best. Uh, thank you very much and I'd just like to thank all the people that I've had association with over the last 40 years. Um, I congratulate the Canberra Club staff, players and coaches for the work that you did and to make the excitement of going to a football game football game here in Canberra, what it is, and that's why we keep coming back. Absolutely. Tony Wood joining us this week on Behind the Limelight. You've been listening thanks to OAC Digital. We'll catch you next week. Bye for now.